Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, July 21st. We are here live. We're going to open the phone lines right now. It's a free-for-all and start dialing. I'm just going to stand here and not say anything till I get some phone calls. So um, pick up the phone, 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything goes. I got up late this morning. That's not really all bad news, though. I am working again on my sleep, and I seem to be making some improvements here lately. And this morning, I woke up around five like I normally do, and I was feeling kind of tired. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get up and get started on the day. And the next thing I know, I looked at the clock and it was 7.05 and I was still in bed and I was out. Uh, So I'm a little loopy this morning. I haven't had time to wake up yet. Haven't even finished my first cup of coffee. So pick up the phone and join me. Now, I'm going to break one of my rules today. I'm going to warn you. Um, Because I got up late, I really didn't have time to work on an open, but I had another open that I had kind of sort of been working on, and I got up this morning, and there was actually an article about it. Um, Sarah had posted it in HealthyTribe.com. And when I then there was another article that I read. Now, the problem with both of these topics is I normally don't do them on a regular show day of free for all. One's politics, one's health. So normally I would save these for the pit and destination health. But the pit and destination health I just did yesterday and the day before. It's a week away. And these topics both made me a little insane this morning. Um Although I've got calls coming in already, so I guess I got to decide. Uh, I'm going to throw them out there. I'm going to throw the topics out there. I'm not going to get too deep into them. I'll take some calls. I'll go back to them maybe. Um, the first one is about the vaccine. And I, I am just shocked at what is going on um, with this vaccine. There's finally some data coming out of other countries. Uh, I talked a little bit last week about some data. I think it was from Ontario, somewhere in Canada. And it had shown that basically now, whether we're talking about deaths, hospitalizations, ICU, no matter what statistic you look at, in this particular part of Canada where we got to look at some numbers, people who have been vaccinated and not boosted had the worst outcomes, the most deaths, the most severe sickness, the most ICU, the most hospitalization. That was, I believe, two shots, no boosters. Or because there's a difference in some of the shots and it gets too confusing, fully vaccinated, but no boosters, whatever fully vaccinated meant for that particular shot. They had the worst outcomes of anybody. Second worst outcomes were fully vaccinated, fully boosted. Those were the second worst outcomes. Then came people who weren't vaccinated or boosted, but had natural or no natural immunity. They hadn't had it yet. And then the best outcome was people who have had 
COVID previously have no vaccinations whatsoever. They, they had the best numbers. How we can allow numbers like that to exist and not, it should be headline news, the vaccine should be pulled off the market for now, and we should not be ruining people's lives and careers over this, which we're still doing. We are still putting people out of the military over this. People are still losing their jobs in healthcare, and and companies are getting rid of people. That's their right, but the military really bothers me. We still have the mandate on the border, as far as I can tell, and yet we're not even talking about this data. That was the data out of Ontario. I believe it was Ontario, somewhere in Canada. Today we got some data out of Germany. And I still think this is probably underreported, but we're finally starting to see some cracks. And here's what it is. Um, This was just uh, yesterday morning. The German Federal Ministry of Health posted a a stunning tweet admitting that one out of every 5,000 COVID jabs caused serious side effects. Now, it's probably um, underestimated because just like in this country, the reporting system for vaccine injuries is completely voluntary and most people don't even know about it. This should be much better controlled and much better reported. It's not. So if anything, this is underreported. There are more cases than this, probably a lot more. Although if you think about one out of every 5,000 and you do the math, that means almost 300,000 people in the United States have suffered serious side effects. We're not talking mild side effects here. We're talking serious side effects. Over 300,000 people If that were any other drug, and remember, this shot is not approved, technically. It's got an emergency use authorization. That's it. It's not approved. It's never been through the process to be approved. The data that they did generate, they're not going to let us see it for 75 years. That's insane. This vaccine is a total failure. Then, now if we talk about the fact that it just doesn't work, that's bad enough. As of right now, the data coming out of other countries, because we can't get it here, really shows that with the newest variant around um, BA5, you might have a little bit of protection from the shots and boosters for a couple of weeks. That's about it. And then it wears off and you have virtually no protection. You might even be more susceptible to getting COVID at that point. And we've got another variant coming along. BA5 is now over 80% of the cases. There's already another variant out there. BA5 is highly contagious, may, may be the most contagious virus that we know of right now. That's how easy it is to get this. Luckily for people with any kind of health whatsoever, it's not killing people. If you're in one of the risk groups, you still should be worried about this. It does kill people. 
but it kills old and unhealthy people. It's not going away. And the vaccine, the mRNA, that whole project should be scrapped. Now, we've, we've, my whole life, the common cold and the flu have always existed. We always deal with them. People die from both of them. Some people choose to get flu shots. Some people don't. That's where we are with this, except the governments are still using this to push mask mandates. We have mask mandates being put back in place in California right now. Schools, they're doing this to kids again. The group that has the least danger from this, they're already putting them back in masks in San Diego school district. The government is not giving up on this charade. They are going to use this, continue to use this to try to control us. And the numbers are just insane. Uh, What was the other? Oh, God, I I will save this one. I'm going to get to some calls. Um, Another government health issue. You know, we started with the well, first, let's go back. The government telling people how to eat and what to eat is a new phenomenon really kind of within my lifetime it's that new there was a time when the government didn't tell us what to eat didn't even recommend anything they just ignored it which they should they should get the hell out of what we should eat because they're completely either ignorant or completely corrupt and unfortunately i think it's probably both when it comes to food but the government's not getting out of it we have a new system coming out we went through the food pyramid which was a disaster the bottom of the food pyramid, we were supposed to eat 10 to 12 servings of healthy whole grains. And now we know that whole grains are the one thing that destroy our health. How many calls do we have to hear? I gave up grains, everything changed. I feel so much better. Yet that was the base of the food pyramid. Then when you got the my plate, all right, we'll throw away the pyramid. We'll give you a plate and tell you what kind of food should be on it. Very, very heavy in whole grains. The last couple of years, the government's been talking about redoing all of this. And I, I was hopeful. There was some encouraging news that maybe they were going to take a harder look at sugar. Maybe they were going to rethink some of their advice on fat. Well, there's some data out. Um, Nina Teicholtz, we had her on the show. She is an amazing journalist. She has a couple of really good books on the topic of fat and health. And she's not a nutritionist. She's a journalist, but she does an amazing job of covering this topic. She's written a couple of really good books. Um, Maybe we'll get her back on the show. She was really good. She tweeted, um, I'd like to feel optimistic about the White House Conference on Nutrition. Um, But the guy in charge created this food ranking system. So now what they're doing is they're giving individual foods a score. The higher the number, the more of that food you should eat. The lower the number, the less of that food you should eat. And then when you look at the chart, they have green, yellow, and red. Green, that's foods you should be eating a lot of. We're encouraging you to eat those foods. Yellow, you should moderate. Don't eat too much. Uh, Red should be minimized. That's a good grading scale would be easy to understand you can see it visually give them an a plus for that 
I'm going to give them an F minus for their food rankings. So here's two that I pulled out as a quick example. Um, An egg substitute, that's fake eggs, an egg substitute fried in vegetable oil or otherwise known as industrial seed oils. Dr. Mercola believes that industrial seed oils are worse for us than grains even. I'm not so sure I agree with him on that, but I do agree that they're bad for us. This is one of the things that I have to really watch in my diet or my pain comes back. Egg substitute, fake eggs fried in toxic industrial seed oils scores a 62 out of 100. And that may not mean anything until you make this comparison. A whole egg, real whole egg fried in real whole natural butter scores a 29 and it's listed in red to be minimized but if you take a fake egg something created in a laboratory somewhere and you fry it in toxic industrial seed oils it's a 62 this is one of the worst fiascos with food i have ever seen by the way watermelon scores a hundred so does kale frosted mini wheats score 87 non-fat frozen yogurt scores 80 honey nut cheerios 76 orange juice 78 it is insane. Now, one of the ways we should probably look at these foods, I'm going to do a deeper dive into this. This is long. They tested over 8,000 foods, rated over 8,000 foods. Took them three years to do this. I can't imagine the cost of this. And it is absolute, total, pure garbage. If you follow this, you will be sick and die. This is the standard American diet put into a chart encouraging you to eat the standard American diet. I I am just shocked. One of the worst foods on this chart, by the way, is ground beef. Just plain old ground beef. Now, here's what I want to do. Watermelon scores 100. Ground beef scores 26. I want to challenge somebody. Somebody who believes that the government knows what the hell they're talking about. And we're going to try a challenge. If this food, watermelon, is so nutritious, I want you to try to survive eating nothing but watermelon. And I'm going to survive eating nothing but ground beef. And let's see who has better health outcomes. Won't even be close. You will eventually die if all you could eat is watermelon. That's not an exaggeration. You would eventually die. You would live an awful long time eating nothing but ground beef. What a, what a fiasco and a farce this is. I had a lot more I was going to talk about, but it's not health day. It's not the pit. So uh, it's your turn now. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. We're going to get started in Wyoming. Patrick, welcome to the show. Morning, Kev. So, wind or uh, Monday, uh, I wasn't feeling good. Had some problems, chest pains, that kind of stuff. I'm 56, um, and it's been going on for a couple weeks. But these things are getting closer together. So the wife takes me to the GP, and the GP refers me over here to the hospital. 
I did the stress test on Tuesday, and yesterday they discovered by going in through my groin that I had one one in the front of my heart, one uh, uh, artery in the front of my heart that was 90% blocked, and they opened that up and a stent put in. And then the one in the back of my heart, um, that was 99% closed. And they put a stent in there, and I feel good, but I, I notice now that I had some really weird breathing patterns. And I know before you talked about um, a book about breathing and I, I called one reason to get that, to get the name of that book if I could from you. Sure. And then, uh, um, you know, I just tell these guys, listen, I've had back pain up uh, in, in between my shoulder blades and kind of underneath between the shoulder blade and the ribs on the left side for on and off for a couple of years. And if I'd have known then what I know now, I'd have went a couple of years ago. Um, there's, there's all kinds of warning signs that I missed because that is not what we were taught coming up through school. No, it's a, it's a good point. So, there, there are signs. And, you know, one of the problems today, people are so unhealthy that we have so many little aches and pains and things that don't feel right. And it, after a while, it becomes hard to pick out those clues with all the noise. People are so unhealthy, right. it, it's hard. And not everybody will have the same kinds of symptoms, but your message is a good one. If there's something unusual going on with your health, deal with it. I, I agree with that. Now, here's the question, because I, I don't know any of the answers to this. What, what's your diet like? Well, I'm, I'm diabetic, and, 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 and we've changed our diet considerably. Um, but we've had some family tragedies here in the last couple of years and Heidi and I both have kind of slipped off of, of, of okay. the keto plan so and just kind of, you know, just, I kind of figured that I kind of figured either you had just gone on keto fairly recently after 50 some years of eating the standard American diet or that you weren't on it at all. It's, it's somewhere in between. You started, you fell off the wagon. Here's the thing. Here's the real lesson in this call. One, your message is a good one. Something unusual is going on. Don't ignore it. Those signs mean something. Even if you go to a traditional doctor, at least let them diagnose what's going on. They're usually pretty good at that. They're usually pretty good at figuring out what's causing your symptoms. The problem is their methods of fixing it don't really fix it. And this is where the choice comes in. Do you want to stick with the traditional medical community, which will put in stents and put you on blood thinners and other drugs, and you will be their patient for the rest of your life? You will deal with them and that system for the rest of your life, and your health will continue to deteriorate. Nothing they're doing for you right now is making you healthier. It's alleviating the symptoms and maybe taking away the, the danger that you could have a widow maker or something. So it wasn't all bad, but I would highly encourage you to think about doing a consult with Dr. Wolfson. He's done stents. He's done well, all I've of these things. Functional- he knows all of that stuff. And I've got a functional medicine doctor here in Cheyenne. So, um, we're going to, we're going to start there and Good. see kind of where we end up. But then the, the one thing I will tell these guys, so I pull a hopper and I pull a van 
and I I was okay driving down the road in the truck, but as soon as I stepped out in the truck, and I thought it was heat related, I wouldn't be short of breath. My heart wasn't pounding out of my chest. I just felt discomfort in 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 my left pack. Huh? And yeah, that's interesting. A little a little bit sick to my stump. A little bit sick to my stomach. Okay, and I'd get unloaded or whatever, and uh, I'd get back in the truck and I'd calm down and and things kind of got better. Um, but what I will say is I was never weak in the knees. I was never out of breath. Huh. These are the things, and and right. I was taking my blood pressure constantly. Okay, so if you don't know what it is, guys, get your butt to the doctor or or to a functional medicine doctor. Yeah, and, something. Yeah, and something Patrick, in- like I said, when when it comes to just pure diagnosis, if you just want to run down to the clinic, the emergency room, your doctor, whatever, they're actually pretty good at diagnosing what's going on. The problem I have is after they diagnose right. it, how they're going to treat it. But yeah, you don't have to go spend a bunch of money on a functional medicine doctor to figure out what's wrong. But the advice is when, when something starts to feel weird like this, get it checked out. Let's figure out what's going on. And then the big decision will be, how do you want to deal with it? You want to deal with the traditional medical community or do you want to go the, the more natural route? Before I forget and hang up on you sometimes with, that I do, I want to make sure I give you those books. There's actually two of them. So okay. one, one of them, you don't even have to read the book if you don't want to. Um, that's the Wim Hof method. Wim Hof did write a couple of books about breath and breathing and some of the other stuff he does. They're good books. You can go read them. You'll learn a lot. But if you just want to jump right into the breathing and not have to read anything, you could just go and get the Wim Hof app. So go into your app store for whatever phone you have, look up Wim Hof, download the app. And it it might be a little confusing in the beginning because there's a lot of stuff in there, but you'll find breathing exercises. It's not that hard to find them. And then the app will just walk you right through how to do that breathing. It's really the easiest. And the app it's, it's like guides you through the breathing. He'll tell you, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Then he'll tell you, let all your air out, hold that breath. You know, so you just follow the app. Couldn't be any easier. If you want to go read some of his books on breathing, you can do it. There's good information in there. The other book that I read is by James Nestor, and it's called um, Breath or Breathe. I forget which one. Is there an E on the end? Uh, it's either breath or breathe. I forget which one. James Nestor. Um, there's some other different kinds of breathing things you can do throughout the day in there. You know, the Wim Hof, you kind of take some time. You, you know, sit down, lay down, whatever. You go through this breathing. Uh, some of the things you'll learn about breathing in the James Nestor book, you can kind of do while you're walking around and throughout the day. So between the two of them, you'll really get a, a good understanding of how we breathe and how that affects our health so much. And I just didn't realize it, but I've adjusted my breathing to compensate for what was going on in my heart. I'll bet. Yeah. So last night, last night when I'm sitting here in the, in the, uh, in the high dollar motel room up here in the hospital, um, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm noticing, I'm, I'm noticing that I'm holding my breath because the pain, I still had some residual pain. That's all. You know, and, and I just wanted to 
start this on the right track is all Kevin. Yeah, you know what might be interesting? It might be interesting to see how the Wim Hof breathing affects you. Because it, it's kind of, um, I, don't, I don't know how to put this. Sometimes it can, it, it can have a really big impact on how you feel right in that moment. Sometimes, okay. though, it's not always good. I, I can remember in the beginning when I first started doing it, there were some times where the breathing got really uncomfortable. Most of the time, though, yeah. I, I love the way this makes me feel. The other day I talked about, well, I think it was yesterday, on uh, Destination Health. I, yeah. I now started doing my breathing in the infrared sauna. And I don't know why I didn't think about this before, because it's a great combination. It saves time. And the effects of the breathing are amplified. Like it, the, the other day, I, I did not want to do my routine. I would have done anything to just skip it. I didn't feel good. I was tired. I was a little nauseous. I just wanted to lay down and not do anything. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to push through. If it, if it makes things worse, I'll quit. Within my first round of breathing, I started to feel a little better. On my second round, I was shocked at how fast my physical body was changing the way I felt. By the end of my fourth round, I was giggling. I felt so good. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. So, so one, one last thing, and then I'll let you get to somebody else. So, they're going to give me six. They're going to, they want me to take 600 milligrams of Plavix tonight at eight o'clock. And then tomorrow at 8 a.m., they want me to start on 75 milligrams of, of Plavix on a daily dose. Um, am I committing, am I committing suicide slowly by doing that? Well, I, I'm not going to tell you not to take them. I, I just can't. I, the, these, a lot of these drugs are necessary after the stents. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know all of that. This is where I would highly recommend a consult with Dr. Wolfson. And I know it's not cheap, but he's so good at this stuff. And when he tells you, then I would absolutely trust it and believe it because he's done probably thousands of stents over his career before he became natural. He, he's, prescribed Plavix and all the other drug thinners and all the other, he knows this stuff inside and out. There, there's no way I would answer this question other than to say, uh, there's the guy you should be talking to. I've got it written down, Kevin. Thank you so very much. You are welcome. Uh, congratulations on surviving it. Let's try to, uh, let's try to improve your long-term outcomes now. Let's go to New York this time. Bill, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Kevin. BA5, huh? BA5. I think I'm more concerned about... I think I'm more concerned about AB5. <laughs> I, I know. I think there's some big conspiracy theory here. I think they're all tied together somehow. I think so. I think they realize how AB5 scared the heck out of us <laughs> and that they want us to fear. They've got to use the same letters and numbers. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> I called to talk to you about your book recommendations, and then I'm going to give you two so oh, good. that uh, I can return return the favor. Um, but, uh, in terms of, and they, you know, all these, these three books, the, uh, moral code for, uh, fossil fuels, uh, the creature from Jekyll Island and, uh, the end of the world is the beginning. 
I can tie all of this in with everything you're talking about in ter- you know when, in, in terms of the health recommendations and food recommendations. Um, the things that used to be called, you would think of conspiracy, when you read them now, <laughs> you find too much truth in them. I, I agree. I uh, know. Yeah. Yeah, and what I've gotten from me, and I'm going to give you the two books right now uh, okay. before I forget. The uh, Money Revolution by Richard Duncan. Okay. I had read that prior to the uh, <clears throat> Creature from Jekyll Island. It does a lot of uh, background on the Fed. But what's really interesting is his take on uh, things, and, 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 and it's against my beliefs, but it's very interesting to see uh, different points of view. Uh, basically, uh, he's, you know, a term that he uses, we're no longer a capitalist country. It's not capitalism, it's criticism. And it talks about the ability to, it's basically mon- uh, modern monetary theory. Yeah. And at the end of the book, he really supports it. And he says, hey, look, China's printing all this money to buy all these dollars so they can buy all this land and real estate and businesses in the U.S. And they have virtually unlimited ability to do so because their central bank prints their dollars. And if they need 10 of them to buy a dollar, U.S. dollar or 12 of them, they can produce them. And uh, it's... Yeah, I don't don't mean to interrupt, but this is an, an interesting concept. And... A couple of years ago, I forget what year it was, may have been 2020, because I think it was the first year that we canceled the Louisville truck show because of COVID, if I remember right. And I did some shows instead, and I did a financial show, and I had Noel Perry, the financial analyst. I had um, Chuck Snow. Uh, the CEO from Traffics, awesome guy, just understands business inside and out and money. And uh, I had Todd Amen, uh, the CEO and founder of ATBS. Um, and I think I'm missing somebody. I think there was somebody else in there too. Todd is exactly who I thought of when I heard this guy. So, so you heard exactly that show then. Along those Yeah, comments. so you Absolutely heard the show I'm I talking did. about. And Got it. Okay. That's what yeah, came to I my mind just reaction. now. Yep. Yep. I had the same reaction that you did. And when I read the book and, and got his take on it, now a lot of it's very educational, whether you agree right, with right. that's the solution or not. Um, it, it, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, the, the different mindsets that potentially could be, you know, running the show and directing the ship here. Um, and when read with, uh, in addition to the end of the world is is just the beginning and <laughs> oh, the creature from Jekyll Island, you get all these viewpoints and you can see them battling. Yeah. Like you've said before, you can see this stuff in the news. Yeah. Um, and, and, the other will, let, let me go back a second because I don't want to forget this. Yep. You know, when, when Todd yep. brought that up on that call, we were all shocked. And without going too deep into all this, because there's so much, Todd basically said, look, under this theory of when the government needs money, we just print more of it, there won't be recessions. I mean, that's what he said. That's the claim. People who believe this theory believe that we can completely avoid recessions and downturns in the economy by just printing more money. And at first you think, 
why wouldn't that work? Okay, just keep printing more money and everybody has money and we can all buy the things we need. Wouldn't that work? I mean, sometimes you think about it and go, oh, maybe they're onto something here. But I think we're about to find out that it doesn't work because I think we're about to have not just a recession, but a pretty damn major recession. And if we do, isn't that the proof that this doesn't work? I don't think it does work. However, how long can they manipulate it? That's that's the scary part. Yes, that's right. In 2020, didn't you expect a huge market crash? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, we didn't have anything like what I believe we should have had. No, I agree. And that's because the Fed was investing in it. Correct. Yeah, they just kept printing money. And you're right. How long? Well, and here's where we're at in our government right now. The Democrats want to start giving people money again. They, they want to go spend a bunch of money. To, and their thought is, well, we'll spend a bunch of money. We'll stimulate the economy again. But the economists are all saying, wait a minute. All the money you spent is what's driving this crazy inflation. You can't double down on that. Right. The second book, before I forget, is The Great Reset by Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is someone that I had avoided for a long time because I just always considered him kind of out there conspiracy theorist. He's got a lot of good information and that's a great book that ties all of these five books that we've talked, mentioned their titles, uh, together. And, um, I believe when looking at all the, like the end of end of the world is great. Just the beginning. Um, I did not for one minute doubt, uh, his facts were facts. What I did, what he didn't put together for me is why the events that he predicted would come it, about. Exactly. I didn't right. Or I, I, and okay. I, I'm glad so, you got that too. Cause I thought maybe I just missed it somewhere because it was all making sense. And then all of a sudden the book was over and I started thinking back. I'm like, wait a minute, this is going to happen because we're not having enough babies. And then the, America's going to stop being the shipping police, but he never really laid out what the final like trigger, how this was all going to happen. What's the catalyst? Right. Right. What, why would the, why is the U S going to stop? Right. What, the, yeah. That's, and, that's what I was I, confused about. So what I suspect is that his information is right on and that the world governments are, uh, uh, concerned about this and see the u.s obviously everything we're doing is designed to make us weaker from these vaccine uh recommendations the fear of the covid the uh printing of money inflation uh why did we give 40 billion dollars to ukraine uh, yeah don't even get me started on ukraine um and and let's let's throw in something else that makes us weaker as as human beings and as a country let's just pile it all on Mm -hmm. the whole gender thing yep that weakens us there are two genders that's it there are a million sexual orientations i'm okay with that but that's not a gender 
You, just because you like to sleep with somebody else different than what you're, that, that's not a gender. That doesn't mean your gender has been changed and you can't change your gender. It is what it is. I get the sexual orientation. I don't care who people sleep with. I don't care who they live with. I don't care who they marry. And I don't think the government should be involved in that. That's their personal choice and decision. But when the government starts teaching this stuff in our schools, we've got a problem. When they start teaching kids that early that maybe you're not really a male, you don't know that yet, and, and we're allowing people like Leah Thomas to, she, he, she, they, whatever I'm supposed to say now, I don't know, um, has been nominated for Woman of the Year by the NCAA. That kind of stuff weakens us horribly. Yes, it does. And this, for me, my, I, and, and, you know, 2020 uh, made, uh, you know, I'm 46 years old. If you'd asked me in my 30s, I just said, definitely have a Democrat. Why? My parents were Democrats. <laughs> Why were they Democrats? Because their parents were Democrats. Guess what? None of us have been voting Democrat for years. So they made Republicans out of us. So, but You know the one thing that bothers me a little bit about this? Because this is a huge yeah. trend right now. People who have been lifelong Democrats finally saying, look, I'm going to vote for the Republican this time. The problem I have with that is the damn Democrats are so outrageous right now that they're making the Republicans look good. And I'm not all that impressed with yeah. the Republicans either. I agree 100 percent. I agree 100 percent. But boy, the Democrats are making them look so damn smart right now because the Democrats are they've just lost their minds. You know, when we were kids and I know you're uh, I'm a little younger than you, but even even in the early 80s, uh, when I was old enough to be riding a bike down the street, if someone saw me goofing off or doing something I shouldn't have been you didn't need uh, be anybody in the town would cor- would correct me. Yeah, right. Yeah. It didn't matter what my truth was or what my parents' truth was. There was one truth, and that yeah. was that kid's misbehaving, and we're going to correct them right here and now. You, you know how much that's changed. You're right. Since you and I grew up, you know how much that's changed today. Nope many people would be afraid to correct that young teenager because they might just get stabbed. That's how we got to where we are. Before it was, you might get, you know, yelled at. Right. You might get uh, sued, you know. Um, Now you might get shot by a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Society to me is like the child who does something that's childish and it doesn't hurt him or anybody else. It's just not proper behavior. And you don't correct them because, ah, you say that's just kid stuff. And you let it go. And and then he does something more serious. And now, you know, you just let it go. And that's where we are with society. Yeah, there, Pretty soon you've got no doubt, a juvenile right. delinquent. Right. You know, we, we, uh, because there was never anybody that stood up and said, no, this is yeah. not. Yeah, we, we gave up on, on individual responsibility a long time ago. That's right. Yeah. When they, when 
they were lighting the cities on fires and it was mostly peaceful protests and it was okay to be looting uh, the stores and, and it, you know, that was fine. Um, it wasn't theft, it, you know, it was compensation. Uh, it was so blatant, just like that uh, food pyramid or now food score oh. is that you mentioned is to us that when they came out with the vaccine, I'm like, I'm going to take the same, I'm going to take the advice about my health and what I must do from the same people that told me it's okay to burn the city down and steal. (laughs) Right. Right. And look, that Leah, that Leah is a woman of the year. Well, she's only nominated. We, we, I, we, she hasn't, she hasn't won it yet. She's nominated, which is disgusting. It, it, it takes away, and this started <laughs> Uvalde. I've got a take on that too. The men that stood out and listened to those gunfire, that gunfire, while children died, and a mom went in and grabbed her child and her friend's child and left. I believe that we've been trying to be so politically correct from the time of my birth, which was 75, probably much before, but with the feminism, you know, the, the, they, they took away the beauty that a woman provides to the family, to the society, as well as the male. You hear about toxic masculinity and woman doesn't need a man so much that the New York post will, will, uh, uh, do surveys of the number of women that aren't uh, uh, married and they don't need a man. They don't tell you that they were, you know, they had to drop the age to 16 to 22 to get the numbers that 50% of women in the U S are unmarried. Um, and they, they, they've taken that away from us. And I think that's what resulted in the, when, when they'll shoot, when those shootings were going on, they needed men. That's what their role has always been. Correct. To protect that's the right. tribe. That's that's but these the. Have been, they've been. We we needed somebody with massive amounts of toxic masculinity to go in there and take out the killer before he took out our kids. Exactly, but we've we've as a society have raised it or, out of them. They or, need to be more sensitive and. and uh, or yeah. we need a woman with enough balls to go in there and do it. I don't care whether it was a man or a woman, but typically that is the man that does that just is. And, and we have, exactly. We have castrated our males anymore. It's the fabric of our society. I mean, there, I mean, I think we'll all agree. There's nothing more valuable to the family or to the society than the woman. She provides roles and, and, and attributes that, a man could never do. And, and why do we want to take that and, and, and vice versa? Exactly, why do we want right. to strip people of that? We, 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 and, we and, have uh, those differences for a reason, a good reason. Yes. They're, they're are, are crucial to our survival, not only in the natural world, but our spiritual survival. Yeah. You know, our health I, I in agree. all facets. I agree. Hey, Bill, great stuff. And, Thank you for the book recommendations. I got to move along. Um, I had a bunch of calls. What just happened? Um, 
Well, I still have calls. Phone lines are open. I will uh, stay here as long as you've got questions or we'll wrap this up at uh, nine o'clock. Uh, I forgot to check this morning. Maybe Angie already told me. Hold on. Uh, yes, Angie's already on top of this. Rolling Toe is going to be live at 10 Pacific time. 10 o'clock Pacific time today, uh, Rolling Toe will be live. Uh, tomorrow, uh, John is available. Joel is a maybe. Uh, so that's what's going on with us. Phone lines are open if you want to call 855-950-3835. Let's go to West Virginia. Steve, welcome to the program. Oh, Steve, are you there? Something sounds weird. Am I still here? I think I am. Angie, can you hear me? Hmm. Maybe it's me. Uh, Steve, if you are hearing me, I'm going to put you back in the queue and I'm going to try another call, see if this is me or not. Let's go to Tennessee. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I am. What's on your mind today? It's kind of rough for you so far, though. Um, I was going to tell you, that guy who called a couple weeks ago about his uh, GPS, the Garmin GPS, I got that. Uh, diesel 800, the one that came out, one about just about five, two weeks or three weeks before he came up with the new, <laughs> new one. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Well, that, last night I did a, a update on it, and I did the update, and when the map came back up, it did kind of like what he was showing, doing, put me through the city centers and all that, because I was down south of Atlanta, I was trying to put me directly through Atlanta, and I noticed also... The voice command doesn't work anymore. Now I'm, I, I went to the on the uh, settings and voice command not or this language not supported by voice. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm gonna reach so out to, Gar- to Garmin. I, I, yeah, I, and you can reach out to him certainly. I will as well to see if they're uh, if they're on top of this because it seems like their latest update caused some issues. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and I. I can't even, it doesn't even show, you know, how you used to show up at the top, you know, miles to the next turn or whatever. Right, and, right. You know, yeah, I will probably, um, if I get a chance, um, I will probably go update mine. I haven't updated mine yet because once I got back off the road, I haven't used it. Um, I've hardly left the house since I've been back, but I'm going to go update mine so I can kind of (laughs) understand what's going on. And then I'll reach out to uh, Eric and see if they're on top of this. I'm sure that if this is causing that kind of problems, they'll be all over this. They'll get it fixed pretty quick. Oh yeah. I'm sure they were up to you. I'll just, you know, thought I'd share that with you. Um, on the health issues and all that, um, I'm the one who had the dysbiosis really bad. And oh, yeah. I've been doing this now about eight years and all that. And the other day, I ate something that didn't sit well with me. And uh, I puked that night, and the next day I was down, and all I couldn't do, nothing. But then after that, my itchy pretty much all went away now, and it's not really came back. But I did notice now that 
my gums are getting tender. Huh. I've never had this problem before for ever. That's interesting. I don't know. That's interesting. Um, Normally, when our gums get red or inflamed or tender or we start to feel them or they're bleeding more, um, typically that's usually bacteria that causes that. I mean, you know, we talk about our gut bacteria all the time, but we have other areas in our body that are loaded with bacteria and, and our mouth is one of them. And... Bad bacteria is actually what causes cavities. We've always been told it was sugar. Well, technically, that's the start of it because different types of bacteria feed on different things, just like in our gut. And we say sometimes you get bacteria in your gut that love sugar and they make you crave sugar, actually, which is bizarre that the bacteria living in you make you crave the food they want. There are bacteria in our mouth that that thrive on sugar. Those bacteria also cause cavities, but it's the bacteria that actually causes it, not the sugar itself. It's just that when you eat more sugar, then you're going to have more and more of this bacteria. When you start eating much cleaner, and if you eat a lot of fermented foods, you will find that your oral health starts to improve. So one of the things you might want to try, um, it's called oil pulling. So get some coconut oil is the best thing to do this with. Traditionally, it's either done with coconut oil, sesame oil, or a combination yeah, of the you, two. You do the coconut oil mouthwash? You can, there are some good mouthwashes on the market now that are heavy in coconut oil, no, and you no, no, can no, use I, them for this. So I'm, I'm just saying just, just take some coconut oil and swig it around in your mouth like I've done that. Yeah, just take a now. He, now here's the thing: to to make this the most effective, and what we're doing is coconut oil is an antibiotic, and it's an anti-viral, uh, it's antibacterial, but it takes a while. It's a really mild antibacterial and antiviral. So. If you're going to do oil pulling and we're trying to improve um, our, our oral bacteria and our oil health, you actually have to do this pulling for about 20 minutes. That's a long yeah. time to keep coconut oil in your mouth, yep. swishing it around. But if you do that for a couple mm-hmm. of days, I have a feeling this will resolve itself. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the help, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Um, Lisa just chimed in. She's on the road today, but she's texting me. Um, Oil pulling is absolutely disgusting. It is. I don't disagree with that. Um, Putting a big tablespoon of fat in your mouth and swishing it around for 20 minutes. Oh, so when I did this, I tested this. It will improve your oral health. There's no doubt about it. Um, I would do it in the shower because there's no way I was going to stand there at the sink for 20 minutes. So, you know, I like long, hot showers anyway. So I would do it in there. But it's still it's uh, it's kind of a chore. But if you're having some sort of issue in your mouth, give it a shot. It's pretty, uh, pretty powerful. Uh, I'm going to try Steve again in West Virginia. Steve, you there this time? 
Oh, can you hear me this time? There we go. What's on your mind today? Okay. Okay, good. Uh, I got to get headset. (laughs) I know that. But, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Medicare. Uh, You don't have have a... uh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, you were breaking up. I think you're back now. You're, uh, let me, a, you're a little quiet, too. Here, hold on. Hold on just a second. Let me do... Uh, okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Hello? Okay. I picked the phone up here. I'm just going to be careful not to be seen. There you go. Uh, yeah, uh, on on the uh, on Medicare, uh, there there are some rules, uh, and you don't have to t- take it when you're 65. Oh, really? You must sign up before you must sign up at before 65 years and three months. There are certain things like you know, you know people that have uh, union pensions and and help may be able to stay in their plan, or they may use part of Medicare and then the others they're suffering. Okay. Uh, but you have to sign up by 65 years and three months. And here's the penalty. It's almost, it's the second worst penalty after the, uh, uh, the required minimum distribution penalty. <laughs> yeah. 50%. Uh, it, it, <laughs> 50% on that. This one is if you wait, all right, let's say you're 65, let's say you wait till you're 67 to sign up, you will, uh, you will have a 20% increase in your, in your part D, uh, premium for life. Oh. If you live to be 100, oh. 20% higher than everybody else. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, if you wait till 70, it's, 50, it's 10% for each year you go past Ooh. your required time to oh. sign up. Oh, so, what an awful you know, system. You, you may be a well, it is, but, but you got to learn the system. Now, I know. I'll be able to give you a resource, give everybody a resource that, that the best gal in the country, I'll be able to give you all that. Uh, I, I try to find the best people to learn from things, every different thing. You know, yes. got, uh, but on, on that, I mean, just a little primer on, on, on uh, Medicare. All right, we're paying 2.9%, 1.4% for the employer and employee on every dollar you make on payroll for life from the time you're but, starting till the, till the end. Okay, and that's, let, that's and let me jump, hard to pay for the Let me jump in and clarify something here. Because people should understand this. Now, most people are going to say, oh, well, so what? They have so much money. It doesn't matter anyway. Social Security, you pay up to a certain amount of income that you receive. And I'm going to guess we're probably mm-hmm. around 120000 a year now or so. It goes up every year. I think like one thirty. One thirty-five. Yeah, we're already up. Yep. We're up at yep. one thirty-five already. Holy cow! I'm behind. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what that means is that you know, if Jeff Bezos makes twelve million dollars this year, whatever he makes uh, as revenue, you know, earned income, he would not pay on Social Security for all of that money. It would stop after one thirty-five. But he does Correct. pay. into Medicare on all $12 million. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So so all these sole proprietors out here that are not S-corping, they're paying it on every dollar profit. Uh, You know, they're making, you know, they may make $150,000 this year. They're going to pay it on where my $50,000 salary, I'm paying it on on $54,000. Yep. Uh, And the rest, 
the rest will be able not pay it on. But, but yeah, uh, you know, the same thing with Social Security on that. But, yes, yeah, the, the high earners, they keep paying, and you pay it for life. Now, that goes, that's strictly part A. That is for hospitals. And so when you go into a hospital as a Medicare person, if you stay less than 60 days, you got one deductible, $1,368, and that's it. That's all you have to pay for the hospital. All right. Uh, part B, all the doctors and all the other tests, all the you, other stuff you in mean, the healthcare system. You mean when, I'm, that, when I'm in the hospital ahead. and in the morning some stranger sticks his head in and say, says, hey, I'm your so-and-so, how you feeling today? And you say, not so great, and then he leaves, and you get a bill from the guy. You mean those people? Yeah, but he, he's gonna scan. He's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna scan your bracelet first. To make sure he gets any filling. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. You 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 are scanned well when you're. Yeah, that's that's I right. Mean, that, there you go. You know, that that hundred dollar aspirin and all those things. Yeah. So so those kind of things are taken care of with that two point nine percent. All right. You must pay for part B, and and everybody that doesn't have anything else that qualifies, and you Liberty else you pay qualify i'm not sure it may qualify so you don't have to go to part b part b's doctors uh test everything else there except drugs and that's 121 dollars 10 cent a month uh right now and it goes up with inflation it was 145 dollars in, in 2021 so it went up quite a bit this year uh, but that that is that much there unless you're a high earner and it could be triple that if you're a high earner you they they they, they soak the rich on that too Hey Steve, um, but that will that will pay. Uh, I I'm going to stop you here. This is really good information, but you know the most important thing I learned from all this. What's that? The government is really good at complicating shit. Oh, they are. Oh, they they definitely what a mess. are. They, they definitely are. I mean, yeah, the gal in Texas. Uh, I, let me give you give you that that name. Yeah, she's got a YouTube channel, and it's just extensive stuff on everything there and what to do you know, you know the best plan for somebody to have uh stephanie apt abt so if you just google medicare and abt apt all her stuff uh she's i mean and, and she's very good with her powerpoint it's very understandable uh the information good but yeah so you do have to pay you do have to sign up but yeah you, you and now here's here's what i'm like you I had Liberty Health Share for a period of time before I was 65. I signed up, and I found me a Medicare Advantage, and that's an HMO. Uh, but it, I did Blue Cross Blue Shield because I figured the H there, eh, that'll probably help me if I do, if I'm traveling. Right. You know, and you have to go right. to a hospital. Usually most people take a, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, so I'd be okay there. Uh, I take that. I pay $26 a month, and it covers everything. It covers drug prescription drugs. It covers everything. Of plans like United Healthcare that are zero, they just get you in the plan. They get all the money. See, they get all the money that that Medicare has uh, out of your two point nine percent. They get that money from you. They get the money for your one hundred seventy one dollars ten cent. They get all that money, and then they manage you. Oh, well, I don't go to the doctor, so I want it for only the good thing about a Medicare Advantage plan like that. If I, if, if a Mack truck hits me and I got a two million dollar bill. I only have to pay $6,700 out of pocket. That's it. Um, you you want to reduce your risk, and reducing your risk is is people that have the fee-for-service. There is no limit on what they pay out of pocket uh, on the top end. 
And I, my thing is, is, I'm like you, you know, health share, you know, you, I had it as insurance, so I wouldn't have catastrophic things happen. And right. that's what I, I have for this. Yep. Uh, and now people that are at the doctors all the time, they probably need or tra- a lot of traveling. They probably need to have a fee for something. Uh, and, you know, because a lot of doctors, your doctors may not take, um, you know, a lot of their doctors may not take Medicare. So, you know, that would, the service, everybody will take that. Uh, but, you know, if you get one like Blue Cross Blue Shield, you've got 90% of doctors, hospitals, and everything in it. Uh, I, did, I did have one thing happen last year. It road uh, at a ship uh, uh, a 300-pound piece of metal. They, the guy hit me with it in the head and, uh, you know, went to, to the skull. You know, knocked me out a little bit. <laughs> uh, so I spent five hours in the emergency room, and and the five hours in the emergency room was twenty six thousand dollars. So yeah, uh, that's what five hours oh, in, in, the emer- in the emergency room. <laughs> well, uh, the, yeah, the, the the owner of the business was, you know, he was horrified. Obviously, he was thinking lit- lit- litigation. Uh, don't worry about litigation; make me whole. Um, yeah, you know, I get a bill. I mean, I got bills from everybody, and I get bills. I I scan it. I send it to him. Later, he send it back to me. Pay had had a paid receipt. Um, but the but the actual hospital bill went through Medicare. Went through my Medicare. Uh, it didn't go through anything else, and they paid it all. But it was like seventeen thousand dollars. Got it. You said everybody took their got head it. in, and and they made sure they scanned while they were in there. So, but. It is confusing, but if you if you if you go to Stephanie app, uh, I don't know if, if I don't know, I don't, it may be that may be her her uh, her web. I don't know, but if you Google it, she's all uh, all over the place in there. So, I will. Uh, yeah, you can definitely find out a lot. There. Um, and people that want on Social Security, there's another person that is my go-to guy, and I, I listen to five books on Social Security before I decide to late seventy to take it. Uh, but Larry Kotlikov, uh, just like it sounds, it sounds like a Russian name. Kotlikov. He's the uh, he's a he's a professor at Boston, Boston College, and he wrote a book called "Get Get What's Yours," Got and it. that's all about Social Security. Gives people the exact it kind of hey. exact roadmap. You know, like some people, like you and I, need to go to age seven. People, you know, the average lives to be fifty nine might need to take it at sixty two. Yeah, um, but but yeah, you know, I've got a younger wife. Uh, you know, there are a lot of good reasons for me to go to the seventy. I'm a, I'm going to have a four thousand dollar a month uh, first check in, yeah. two, in, in two years. Yeah, years I, when I get to be seven. I haven't um, because, because you delay it it's a lot more. Yeah, I haven't done all the math to figure out when I'm going to do mine. In the back of my head, it's going to be as late as possible because I plan on living a long time, and that's one of the factors. Steve, great information today. Um, You just made me increase my book pile. It seems to be happening a lot lately. Um, Brandy, I want to say thank you. Uh, She sent me a couple, three great books in the... uh, in the mail yesterday. I've got to look through those. Uh, I had a recommendation earlier today on another uh, financial book, Money Revolution. Uh, Two sources. You know, I've been kind of putting off the deep dive into Social Security, Medicare. Um, Back around 2000, when I was going through the CFP program, I understood it really well. I had to. It was part of the, the program. I just don't work with it. I, I, I haven't worked with it a lot of people, so I, I don't 
remember most of it. And of course, it's government, so it's complicated. Um, This is exactly what I need, though. At some point, I'm just going to go do a deep dive and get caught up on all this stuff. Uh, Right now, I just have so much reading to do. Let's go to South Dakota. Eric, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Oh, man, now if I can remember what it was I was going to talk about. <laughs> Most of this Medicare crap going, why the hell would I ever sign up for Medicare? Because I don't want to go to Medicare doctors and Medicare hospitals. Yeah, but, that, that's but another I, issue, yeah. But um, do you ever, or have you ever read or listened to Robert Kiyosaki's books? Like Rich I, Dad, Poor Dad. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when it first came out, and for some reason I didn't like the book, and I don't like him. I, I don't know what it is about that guy. Sure. He annoys the hell out of me, and honestly, I disagree <laughs> with a lot of his advice. Well, you know, a lot of people do, I guess. But, well, uh, and, and here's, here, here's, here's, another, here's another thing. If I'm going to take somebody yeah. seriously for their financial advice, uh, I don't want to see them on TV all the time hawking gold and silver. And he does. Well, yeah. and that's, uh, that's something that came up over the last, you know, decade or so. But, uh, you know, every, everybody changes as they get older, you know, when it comes to... You know, at first things are this way, and then, well, you know, he yeah, used to but, be big into network marketing, and now nobody's into network marketing. So, yeah, know. well, and, and you know, but, he, um, make, he makes a statement on that commercial that makes me insane. And he says, I really love silver because it's affordable. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're going to talk about investments based well, on price and affordability? Penny stocks are really affordable. Do you love those? What an ignorant <laughs> statement about, So I love silver because it's affordable. Uh, so what? Well, What the I hell does that have to do with I anything? I don't like when anybody talks about gold or silver as an investment anyway. Well, those are nothing that, but a hedge. That's his big thing. So. He hawks it all. He gets paid a gazillion dollars, I'm sure, to promote it all over TV. So, yeah, I have a hard time taking any of his advice. Well, I'm going back in time on this anyway. Uh, he wrote a book. He published it in like 2010. It was called Rich, Rich Dad's Prophecy. <clears throat> and he was predicting an economic downturn in 20, or starting in 2016 that we never saw because the government keeps printing fake freaking money and driving us trillions and trillions of dollars further into debt. And the, the salient point of the whole book was that 2016 was when the baby boomers were going to start hitting 70 years old. And so they were going to be doing the double whammy of both drawing their socialist insecurity checks and having to start taking money out of their 401k plans because you have to do it at 70 and a half years of age, which, of course, 401k money all comes out of the stock market. So they were predicting, you know, increased taxes to pay for social security along with a reduced stock market because of a 401k plan. But none of that came to be because now we're, what, $30 trillion in debt? I don't even know anymore. But it's like, I I don't understand how they keep pushing all of this down the road. 
And even today, with all the economic bad news, the stock market is still not doing that bad. Well, I know. And I mean, we've had kind of a, a rough year I this feel, year, I, but if if we would yeah. have, we w- and, and look, it was 2017 when we started talking about all these same topics. So he was about a year earlier. He wasn't completely wrong. I mean, his premise was well, correct. Yeah, his, his yeah. premise in 2010 was correct. His logic is correct. Yeah. It's just we can't really yeah. pinpoint exactly when these things are going to happen. But I think what he was predicting well, in no, 2016 but- is really we're closer to it now than we've ever been. Um, so he, he got some things right in that. Uh, like I said, the guy just annoys me. And um, some of the stuff no, he I, talks about makes me crazy. But on this one, he's, but, but he's, was, he's not he incorrect just, on this. He was just going strictly off of the baby boomers because the baby boomers well, are from, were born from 1946 to 1964. So I thought it was 65. Not that it matters. I thought I've seen 65. But anyway, now what he's talking about there, that premise, that big picture idea is exactly the premise behind the book. The end of the world is just the beginning that it's all it's he says this is all going to happen because of populations they're old and and we all stopped having a lot of babies and it's going to cause a problem oh yeah well that was the whole thing with us having the baby boomer generation because for one thing anybody who still thinks that the money they put into social security is theirs is just smoking crack well exactly it's been a ponzi scheme for 50 years now yeah, because, you know, it went bankrupt back in, I don't know, Carter or Reagan well, here, administration. Here, here's but the other thing. There's I mean, behind it. Hey, right now, people still get their check every month. So that's all they care about. Sure. They're getting their check every month. It's not a Ponzi scheme. I, I'm getting my money. Um, but here's the thing. Even if it never completely collapses, which it's possible it could, um, but even if it never does, it's still one of the worst investments ever. Give me all that money back and let me invest it myself. And what a difference that would make. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, well, and, you know, you say it isn't a Ponzi scheme, but it is a Ponzi scheme. It's just we haven't gotten to the point where it collapsed. The checks that right. people are paying are right. paying for what everybody's still getting. Right. Here's, well, actually, here's, what, what here's, if we weren't deficit spending? Well, here's the thing we that we have to. Pay for it if we weren't it, We have to. Here's what we have to be afraid of: Ponzi schemes always collapse when they run out of new yes. victims. Yes. That's what's going to happen well, to Social Security. When, We're going to run out of enough well, new yeah. victims to keep funding it. Well, that's also why they take it out with automatic payroll deduction and not make us write checks for it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who the hell would write a check for it? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, one other thing I wanted to point out real quick was uh, he wrote a book later on. It, it was a few years ago, but uh, he called the book was just titled Fake. And it goes into a bunch of different things, but fake money is what he really, his big thing is. Now, you don't have to read his book, because a lot of the, but if you could go back to the book that he references a lot, and he gets a lot of his base information from, was called Grunch of Science by R. Buckminster Fuller. And Grunch, if I remember right, stands for the Great uh, Universal 
cash fight. And it, it just goes deep into how our money is fake and have been for a long time. I think, I think it's, I think Buckminster Fuller wrote it in like 81 or something like that. It might have been older than that. But it's like, I mean, obviously, fight the long. Oh, Eric. I'm only did, hearing myself talk. Oh. You still um, there? I'm not sure what happened. That line got weird and then it just dropped. Um, Eric, not sure what happened there. I was hearing you. I don't think you were hearing me. Let's go to Wisconsin. Spencer, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Um, Saturday night, I had a detoed off the side of the road uh, due to an overeating incident near, I guess, Harley Summit or something, Salt Lake. Okay. And um, blew a hose, which I had two opportunities to get that change. Two shops failed in the last year and a half. You can hear the disgust in my voice, I'm sure, uh, when we had other repairs going on. But anywho, um, got the... Uh, the person who did the test and replaced uh, the fluids and the hose and all that. And I, I logically, I guess I can work my way through this in my brain, but I guess I'd never heard of uh, pressurizing the system before you put the fluid back in. Is that the right way to see if it's going to hold pressure or not? Uh, you mean the cooling system, the entire cooling system? Yeah, correct. Yep. Well, I have to say I've never seen anybody do that. I always thought, and again, certainly I'm no mechanic, but I always thought, we, you know, you got it ready to go, and then before you're running out on the road, you did a, a pressure test. After you all could the be right. Were replaced. You, you, you could be right. I just, and, and again, I'm not a mechanic. I've never, you know, worked in a shop. I've been around them a lot, clearly, I, but I really... I'm not aware that you pressure test the system. I, I guess if you had a leak prior and you repaired it, we would want to verify that that was repaired. You know, we, we did a ton with the yeah. cooling system when we were testing the Evans coolant because that that was right. a fairly in-depth install. You had to get all of the old coolant out of the system, which is not as easy as it sounds. And you do use air pressure and all right. kinds of crazy things to chase it all out. Then you have to test at the end to see if you got enough of it out or not. Um, but I don't, I, I've never seen anybody pressurize it. It could be a common thing. I just, I never thought about it, I guess. Uh, to me, my, my thought was um, uh, the next step would obviously you'd put the coolant back in and then, you know, button up the system and you're, you know, if you pass it, you're good to go. And my, my thought was, you know, pressure prep. Man, I don't know what's going on with but the, the thing I didn't like. Oh, go, go ahead. You were starting to break up there. I'm hearing you again, so keep going. Oh, okay. As you're holding pressure, in the first scenario, you, you had to add air in there to pressure the whole system. And my thing is, you know, I've never been able to put the coolant in that I'm a backyard mechanic without, you know, having air bubbles in the system or air pockets in the system, you know? Yeah, well, exactly. It's a long, complicated system a with a lot of parts. You know, you have a, you have a heater core way back in the sleeper. 
and getting coolant, you know, all the way through that system without any air is almost impossible. So I've always you know, you, you fill it up, you top it off, you go drive it, kind of work the air out of the system, and you almost always have to top it off again. Right. Exactly. Anyway, we did all that, and it, you know, passed pressure. It was going up. The great thing about Salt Lake City, and if you have a coolant leak, is anybody that drives out here knows is, guess what? If you're going eastbound within 20 miles, you get to test it out on a hill. So, you know, thank goodness for that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going up uh, Parley's and uh, going to Park City from Salt Lake, you know. And um, I'm about a half a mile from the brake uh, check area, so just about to the high point, and we're going to level off and start going down. And I look down, and for Oh, we lost you again. Now I'm not hearing anything Whatever at all. Oh, you're back. Oh, we're gone. I don't know what's going on with the phones, and it's definitely not on our end. These are cell signals dropping. Oh, sorry about that, Spencer. Let's uh, let's go to Pennsylvania. Dave, welcome to the program. Yes, Kevin. Yes, what's on your mind today? Hello. Yeah, yes, yeah, Dave. Uh, Joyce and I come up to Pittsburgh Power and met you one evening there and spent a couple hours or so, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember. But I, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, okay. We just been on trying to get retired, trying to get moved, trying to all this and everything, just really been busy. But on the Social Security, I called three different times to talk to Social Security, and I advised people call Social Security. So they told me, now I am a company driver, but as long as I have health insurance, when I go to retire, whether it's 65, 67, whatever, that um, that covers me. I don't have to sign up as long as I can prove I had the health care. So you're not penalized. I mean, I, and I, I couldn't believe it so, the first time, so I called back two, two different times to make sure that that was correct information. Yeah, you because know, I didn't want to miss it. Because I'm 60. Well, December, I'll be 66. Okay, so... So you don't have to sign up as long as you have health care coverage, you know, the uh, actually approved Obamacare, per se. But I advise people, call and give them your circumstances and make sure you get the right info. So let me ask you this, because let me give you my take on this. Um, I've dealt with the government forever with taxes and the IRS, and, you know, I, I... knew that stuff inside and out because that's what I did. And I can tell you that when you called the IRS, the odds of getting an incorrect answer are really high, really high. Like you can get a lot of really bad answers when you call the IRS and ask them about tax issues. That's my experience, and that's about as close as I close to the experience I have with a government agency like this. So, with what's happened today, Steve Wheeler called me. I absolutely trust Steve on this stuff. He is good at all of these things: taxes, financial planning. He went and read five books on Social Security. He's got two people he follows on YouTube, and if he's saying clearly. This is the penalty, even gave us a number, 
If you're this many months late, this is the penalty. If you're this, he, he gave us real facts. Like, I don't think he made those up. There's clearly a fine here for doing something wrong or not doing something. I, so your advice to call is good. Let's at least start there. Here's my other question. You say you don't have to sign up. What happens if I do, though? I, I can't tell you that. I, um, I, I'm sort of the same boat you are. I called the one day, and I, I thought about it. So when I called the next, I had three different operators. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I thought, well, the chances of all three being wrong. Exactly. That you, you know, and that, I did. That's a good approach. A, Call yeah. back three times seems like if I get the same answer three times, I would start to believe it, too. But so here's the thing that I, I, I'm just going to have to go do this. Um, you know, I, I say I haven't done this deep dive to go back and relearn. I used to know all this stuff. Go back and relearn this because I don't have to deal with it much. But I have a feeling that's going to change. And again, it's because of our population. Drivers are about the same age as the general population, and most truck drivers now are reaching retirement age. So I guess I better go figure this stuff out. Yeah, I'm hopefully uh, pretty soon here. So I mean, I will be calling. I'm not sure if they're taking office business, but I will be calling again. I'll be I'll be signing up. I have uh, a sort of a month to month basis of when I'm going to pull my date out for retirement. Yeah, just just understanding the system, the government penalizes us for all kinds of crazy stuff when we get to this age. Put too much money into your retirement account, you're going to get penalized. Don't take enough money out of your retirement account, you're going to get penalized. So I, I don't doubt that this penalty exists. And clearly, if we have these numbers, my guess is that there's some little detail in the middle that we're missing here. Yeah, yeah. With, now with the inner operators, I mean, I'm, I'm different with the company because the company provides health insurance. So I don't know whether that was the difference or not. That's said, that, as long yeah. As you have that that's what I mean. Health I, insurance. So, and here's where some con- confusion could come in. There, I have Liberty Health Share, which technically is not health insurance. So, does that mean I'm covered or not? This is where the confusion starts to come in. <laughs> And the government just loves that. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and the problem with this penalty, this penalty sucks. And here's why. Let's say you and I both make the same mistake. We fail to sign up or tell them about Medicare when we hit 65 or whatever the rule is. We both make the exact same mistake. We both don't correct it till we're 70. Our situations are exactly the same, but we won't be penalized the same. Here's why. The penalty, they increase your rate. Well, I have to pay that rate the rest of my life. If I live to be 110, I get royally screwed with this penalty. But somebody who dies three months after they started, the penalty didn't matter to them at all. What a stupid system. That's just government. What a stupid system. Right. And then the money you pay into the penalty, that's just lining somebody's pocket. Exactly. It's it's not being 
you know, utilize. It, it, right. So I, I didn't. Just, I didn't cause the government to spend more money because I didn't sign up. Why are you penalizing me? Right. Yeah. And the one guy said about not signing up for Medicare. I don't think you want to do that. I don't agree with it, and I don't use doctors. I mean, you taught me that. Oh, I, I went through the. I was one of the beta testers for uh, people. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And your I, health program. I, I agree like, with, yeah, I agree with you. I don't like the government. I don't like Medicare, Social Security, none of that stuff. But I'm taking it. Hell, I paid for it my whole life. I'm getting it back. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't a good investment. But then I don't want to rely on the public to for their own Right. No, I, I, I know. I color TVs. And, I know. I know. All right. Good stuff, Dave. Got to cut you loose. The lines are jammed today. Good stuff. Let's, uh, we'll just keep rolling. Let's go to Washington. Vic and Sarah, welcome. Hey, good morning. I was listening to the pit last night to catch up, and I thought you guys kind of, kind of skipped over a great thought, but you were going through so much. Um, you said that, or we know that the workforce is depleted. And we've been saying for the last couple of years, where did all the workers go? And then you pointed out last night or yesterday um, that the baby boomers are all coming close to retirement age. Well, don't you think that maybe during the pandemic, when so many things were shut down and put out of business, a lot of them just decided, I'm just going to take retirement a couple of years early. I think you're right. And no, I really they, do. those workers aren't coming back. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there were enough people right on the edge that the, the two years of the pandemic and lockdowns and mandates and all that other crap, I, I think you're right. I think that's a big part of, of why it happened all of a sudden. I think it is the pandemic that made that that kind of a break almost. We didn't have a problem. There seemed to be plenty of workers to go around. In fact, right before the pandemic, we seemed to be in a really good economy. Everybody was working. Mm -hmm. We had we had low unemployment. Wages were on their way up. I mean, things were really looking good right before COVID hit. And then all of a sudden, when we were trying to get out of COVID and all of a sudden you can't find enough workers, how did that happen? And I think it's probably multiple factors, like a lot of people, you know, when they got, you know, furloughed or, you know, they went out and started driving Uber or Lyft or the gig economy. So some of them didn't come back. I mean, I know some people that are doing that. And so it, it that happened. But I also think you're probably right. A lot of people that close to retirement said, why not just take it now? I mean, why come back and, and deal with all this stuff? Um, so, it, 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 you know, and I, I talked about this a lot in the beginning. Remember I said, situations like this, the pandemic will speed up trends that are already happening. The, the work at home right. trend has been going on for a couple of decades, but it got a huge boost because of all the lockdowns. I think the same thing is happening in retirement. You know, that, that, that's probably a, a big part of, of why we just can't find enough people. And I think what that means is while we, we will be able to find 
you know, find some people to work eventually because the uh, inflation is going to drive people who aren't working to get out yep. there and do something. Yeah. They can buy food. They will not be, they won't be anywhere near as diligent or um, experienced as the generation that just said, okay, I've had it with this. I'm retiring early. Yeah. Yeah, and we already see that. We all cl- we all talk now about horrible customer service, people in technical positions that don't know what they're doing, uh, just a real lack of experience and kind of business acumen, customer service. It's it's uh, You can see that changing. We've been talking about that for a while, and I think this just accelerated all of that. Well, I you got a big line of calls to do. I just wanted to share that point. Thanks for the show. Yep. We'll talk to you again soon. Great point. I agree. Thank you. Let's go to Wyoming. Tom, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I was a, a mechanic for most of my life. You guys were talking about the cooling system and cooling hose issue a few calls back there. Yeah. Um, a com- common practice when filling up a cooling system is we actually suck it down into a vacuum before we put any fluid in there and see if it'll hold a vacuum. And ah, that's how we check for well, leaks. That, so and, I, I'm going to make an assumption then and tell me if I'm correct. You were an automobile mechanic. I w- I've been both. Now, I worked let, at let, an international dealer and a Volvo so, Mac dealer for a while. So at the international dealer, did you have the ability to, mm-hmm. to, to do that on a truck, to pull it into a vacuum? Oh, yeah. Most shops don't. Yep. Most diesel shops don't. Really? Yeah, because... Uh, all, they, all the ones I've... I mean... Well, maybe I, I shouldn't I for- say that. I haven't worked there. I've never seen them use it. And when we when we pressurize the intake system to test it for intake leaks, we had to go buy a smoke machine to do that. And when I talked to any other diesel shop, they have no way to do something like that. They don't use smoke machines, but almost every automobile shop you go in has a smoke machine. I mean, I, I was I was a tech for about 13 years, and so I, I worked at a handful of shops, and all the ones I worked at, uh, we we had the, the vacuum systems, because it, it, it served two purposes. One, uh, we could tell if there was a leak anywhere, uh, and two, when you... Uh, you just flip a valve and the vacuum hey. literally sucks the new coolant in. Oh, okay. Almost kind of like uh, an AC system then. Very, very similar. Okay. Yes. okay. And it also that... it helps prevent air pockets and air bubbles in the system. Oh, yeah, that would. Uh, that makes sense to me. I've just never seen anybody do it in a truck shop. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just never, I've never seen anybody do it and haven't really been asked about it. It makes sense. Now, let me... Let me ask you this. Why couldn't we use that vacuum system to test our intake system for leaks then? Oh, wait a minute. You can't because of the valves. We would always yep, have leaks. suck air through the valves we, and the cylinders. That's right. And, yeah. That's right. We'd, and that's why we use smoke because we can visually see where the smoke is coming from. We're just not depending on the system holding a vacuum because it couldn't. It wouldn't be able to hold a vacuum because of right. the valves. Okay. That makes sense. 
Okay, exactly. interesting. All right, that that makes so, sense. That seems like that would be the proper way to do it. I've just never seen anybody do it. Yeah, and now the other problem that mechanics face, I mean, that gentleman said that he blew a hose pulling a hill. We have no way of simulating an engine under that kind of load. We don't test drive the trucks, you know, right, 30, right. 50 miles outside of town to go pull a hill. We don't have a load on the trucks. But, yeah. You know, if it's not leaking at operating temp or whatever, we can't predict a blown hose unless we see something obvious wrong with it. Yeah, that's a good point. And look, even if you could go out and test drive it and you took it on a big hill, who's to say it's not going to fail on the next hill? You know, that that's just always a possibility. Exactly. And a lot of diesel techs don't have CDLs. Uh, we're allowed to test drive within a certain radius of our shop based on state laws. Uh, but a, a lot of techs don't have a full CDL, so we can't go very far yeah. with the truck. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Not to mention the carrier's insurance would have a field day with you pulling somebody else's product in somebody else's truck on public highways. Yeah, there, they, <laughs> there are a lot of issues there. There's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So I got one other quick thing I wanted to bring up. I, sure. I stopped by uh, your store there in Cascade Locks and picked up a, a huge order. The ladies there were fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Well, good. Uh, good. They gave me a couple samples and I ended up like quadrupling my order while I was in there. <laughs> see, see, we, we took our business model straight from the drug dealers. Give them a little taste of the product and get them hooked. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but one thing I wanted to ask you, I just, I picked up while I was there, uh, the big thing of the cardio miracle and, um, I, I, this stuff is, is absolutely disgusting to me. I cannot stand <laughs> the taste. So, I don't know if so you've heard I, the shows in the it. past. This is a thing. This is a thing with Cardio Miracle. <laughs> yes. we're, we're comparing it uh, to know, cilantro, and we know what it is. It's the stevia that's in there. And one of the things we actually learned because I started researching this because here's the calls I get. Somebody either hates the taste or they love the taste. There's nobody in between. And I thought, that's odd. Why is this so, so distinct like that? So I started doing some research on stevia. Stevia is a natural plant. I have one growing in my garden. And you go pick a leaf off of it and chew it. You cannot believe how sweet it is. It is ungodly sweet just to chew a leaf. But... There are different varieties of stevia and processing them can pull out bitter compounds. And some people seem to be really susceptible to those bitter compounds causing a a really horrible aftertaste. And then other people don't get that at all. And we started comparing it to cilantro because we know that cilantro is like that. And there's actually a genetic reason. If you have a specific gene, it makes cilantro taste really weird. Some people say it tastes like soap. Um, So I I have a feeling that stevia probably has a a similar uh, characteristic like that, that some people just get really bad tastes from it. 
Yeah, because it, it's like a bitter metallic aftertaste. Yep. And, uh, you know, it kind of kind of tastes like I just chewed up an aspirin or something. Okay. And, uh, so, let, well, let me but, ask you this, because I've been doing this unofficial research. How do you feel about cilantro? I love cilantro. Okay. And so, you're, had, you're an exception. I've had dozens of products with stevia in it, and I haven't had a problem with stevia. Now, now that's... My wedding cake was made with stevia. We, we do know, and that's why I mean there are different forms of stevia, different varieties. It gets processed different. <laughs> uh, there are two products. I, I do not normally like products with stevia in them. I can usually taste it right away, and I don't like it. There are two products that that didn't happen. Lily's Chocolate has stevia in it, and I can't taste it at all. I love the taste of their chocolate. And Cardio Miracle. I love the taste of Cardio Miracle, and normally I don't like stuff with stevia in it. So so here's my question. I've got this giant tub of Cardio Miracle that I can't stomach. Uh, is, do you have any suggestions on other ways to, to take it with that and uh, neutralize this weird aftertaste? One of the things that seems to help some people um, is put like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in there and see if that helps. I will give that a shot. And then the other way I could see that might work really well for this product is if you were to add it to tea black tea, green tea, herbal tea. I think any kind of tea, this might add a little bit of fruity sweetness to it and maybe we can get rid of that aftertaste. So I would experiment with tea. Oh, that is fantastic. Awesome. Yep, because I, I drink tea, coffee, and water and that's all I drink. And, and, I and look didn't at, even think about the tea. Yeah, look at all the options you have with tea. Maybe you can find a flavor that actually works with this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got like four different kinds on the truck, so I'll give that a shot. There you Um, go. Do you you have time for one more quick question? Sure. I don't know how quick it'll be, but another question. So my mother-in-law, she's been keto for a little over a year now. She's lost like 100 pounds. Wow. Uh, She's still overweight, but but she's, she's not... She's not giant like she used to be. She could still lose another 50 or 60, but she's doing a lot better. Um... The doc, uh, she's having some issues with her heart, and the doctors just did a, a, a heart cast. They stuck a tube up her vein from her arm to go look inside her heart. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yep. Uh, so they said that she's got in, enlarged arteries, uh, minimal to no blockage, but they diagnosed pulmonary hypertension or cardiopulmonary hypertension. And they want to put her on a drug to, to mitigate that. And I, and I was wondering, um, is there, uh, what kind of, uh, natural supplements can we augment her keto diet with to also address this issue? So maybe she doesn't become reliant on these drugs. <laughs> well, how ironic is this going to be? What product have we been talking about? The cardio miracle. That's, That's the kind of, one. I was wondering if the, <laughs> That's the, the one. Yeah. Well, because uh, I, I thought there was other things like back before Cardio Miracle was a thing. I've heard you address this topic, you know, the past it, couple of years, and I just couldn't remember what it was you suggested. Well, in the past, before Cardio Miracle, I probably would have recommend trying to get um, uh, minerals in balance. 
And I may have talked gotcha. about, I may have also talked about some fermented beet powder. So between some mineral supplementation and fermented beet powder, we were able to get blood pressure down and get some other good cardio outcomes. Cardio Miracle takes that to the next level. It's got the fermented beet powder in it. It's got all the balanced minerals we need and a whole bunch of other really important nutrients for heart health. So it really took... and. There were times I I came on the air and talked about it. We were developing our own product along those lines. We realized that, look, fermented beet powder works, but it doesn't do everything we need it to do. Our balanced minerals help. But what if we could create one product that approached this and fixed it all and we were working on it? We actually had kind of a final formulation. We were right down to the end testing a couple things. And then we found Cardio Miracle. And I looked at it and I said, um, they did exactly what we were attempting to do. And they did a better job. So we scrapped ours and just brought Cardio Miracle in. Gotcha. Yeah, I've, I've given up trying to tell her that her doctor is full of it because she trusts her doctor and she had her doctor longer than I've been in her life. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got seniority, I guess. Yeah. But, but when I ask, I ask him, well, what caused the enlarged blood vessels or arteries? And he's like, well, the high blood pressure. I'm like, well, what caused the high blood pressure? And he's like the enlarged arteries. Oh, you like, gotta so be kidding all that med me. school taught you circular logic? I was just going to say, is that what they're teaching him in medical school now? Circular logic? Holy cow. That sounds like something the Corinne uh, um, Jean-Pierre would say during the daily press briefings. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I'm fighting against. But unfortunately, she trusts him. So I've just got to... Uh, work at it from a, a flanking maneuver rather than go. a head-on approach. There you go. Yeah. Well, keep at it. Um, cardio miracle would be the, the thing to fix that. All right. Hopefully she likes the taste of it better than I do. There you go. There you go. Or maybe you'll figure <laughs> out some great way to do it with tea and you can share it with her. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Kevin. You have a good day. All right. Great stuff. Thanks for the call. Let's go to... Wisconsin. Spencer, welcome. Hey, um, I called earlier and dropped the call. My fault. Yeah, um, there you go. You're I'm back. glad the mechanic called in about how they pressurize. Yeah, about how they pressurize systems and when they do it and well, the, before or after Durin, whatever. So. The one thing he said that really made sense to me, I, I get pressurizing the system. We'd be able to see if there was a leak or not. What made much more sense was putting a vacuum into the system to test for leaks and then using the vacuum to pull the coolant in. That one really makes sense. I can imagine, as he said, too, that that doesn't get rid of all the air pockets, but it greatly reduces a large number of them. Yeah, as soon as he said that, I thought, well, yeah, that would be the way to do this. That makes total sense. Yeah, so I guess... To quick finish my story real quick. So we're very close, about a half mile to the getting to the top of Parley's after getting repaired. And um, I'm noticing I can hear the fan run. Um, I know that's happening. Uh, it's not really dropping the temperature. Um, and 
you know, I can see that we're 245 right in that neighborhood where you got a couple widths of the needle and you're going to be in the, in the red again and we're going to be overheating. Oh, the coolant, the coolant temperature check. was at 245 or the oil temperature? The coolant temperature. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's hot. You're, you're, yeah, we're pushing some limits yep, there. And Right, and so um, get to the brake check area, pop the hood, and, and we're low on coolant, which that's expected. You know, I'm less than 30 miles outside of the shop, and yeah, yeah. I've never had a radiator work on where you didn't have to top it off exactly. a couple times. So, right. um, so we went ahead and dumped in, I don't know, maybe a gallon, and later that day, another not quite a gallon. So... Since then, you know, now we're through Wyoming on the trip and we're out in Nebraska and just some, you know, very slight, other than western Nebraska, very slight up and downs. And I'm noticing, gosh, this cooling system is, you know, now we're at 200, 205, and we used to blow right through there at 80,000 pounds. And, man, the needle never moved. Okay. I'm like, what? Yeah. What what the heck is going on? So, um, you know. Of course, I'm ultra paranoid about it because uh, the record bill was not fun Saturday <laughs> right, night. Right. Um, they get just to let everybody know uh, they get three hundred and forty dollars an hour plus twenty percent on the final bill. That's how they figure out fuel surcharge. That's oh, what they do. So man, basi- holy yeah, cow! Ba- basically, four four hundred and eight dollars an hour for if you do the math for um something we should have caught twice at the shop that i do business with back home because i certainly told them to fix that put it on the work order and both times it was oh hey you're not charged for it i guess i guess it didn't get done because i know go ahead i I was just going to say that is so frustrating well and and, you know i've had enough trucks between 500 and 900,000 miles that once you get five, six, seven years old on a truck, uh, you know, you got to start replacing your rubber stuff. That's just the way it works. And I, you know, we had the, the whole radiator replaced a couple of years ago out in Cheyenne. They didn't do it. And I'm like, uh, and the reason was, oh, we didn't have the parts. And I don't know if I believe that or oh, not. Right. I know parts are short all around. Anywho, we had two opportunities when it was drained for something else and didn't get it done. So now I guess fast forward back to where we were. Um, is it possible that I may have like a you know a sticky thermostat or something? Or it's clear in addition it's, to what we had. It's certainly possible. Uh, let me. I, I may have forgotten a couple things if they got said in this. So I just want to clarify: what year is this truck and how many miles are on it? It's a 2016 Freightliner Cascadia, and we have 661,000. Okay. The reason I was asking is on older trucks with higher miles, sometimes we just see an overall deterioration of the entire cooling system where it just doesn't cool as good as it used to, and it's hard to get it back sometimes, and we got to go through and really replace a lot of stuff, but that should not be the case on a 2016 with with 600,000 miles. We shouldn't have any deterioration in the cooling system at this point um okay and and you said the radiator's been replaced it has yep why did um, we replace the radiator, radiator the got, first time well the 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 top and the bottom of those radiators when they come out of the factory it looks like they're made out of plastic now that's just they, me looking uh, at it no I'm you're right they're 
They're they're awful. The quality is horrendous on okay. those things. Here, here's what I would yeah. recommend: if, if we can't, you know, thermostats are pretty easy to check. You can pull your own thermostats out and test them. You know, in in boiling water, and and you could just throw new thermostats in. They're not that expensive, and see if that helps anything. Um, if we don't find uh, something broken. If we can't find a thermostat or something that we can point to and say, that's why this thing is overheating. Then what I would do is I would call Pittsburgh Power and work on probably a custom radiator instead. Okay. Because I'm, I know there's two temp sensors by the water pump. I've done enough reading to know that. And I'm just I mean, something's well, that, not right. I can tell you this. I get well, let, let's, I didn't ask you this, and I should have. Have we verified that the temp is correct? Well, we haven't done that either. That's oh, I correct. would do that. Let, let's verify that. that that temp is actually correct. Okay. Okay. Because I, I know this. Um, I, in the fall, I go Here's the one thing I, I go right I, by your house. Here's the one thing I can tell you. When we were testing Evan's coolant, and the point we were, the reason we were using Evan's coolant was to try to increase the temperature of the engine because it becomes more efficient the hotter you run it. So we were looking at fuel economy and power and efficiency. And we were saying, look, if there's a coolant that could protect this engine at higher temperatures, that should be a good thing. And it was, it worked. When we ran these trucks at higher temperatures, we got better fuel economy. We could measure it. The problem was we were also cracking heads on a fairly regular basis. Good first, you know, new heads. They seem to hold up to those kind of temperatures just fine. And we were running 230, 240. And, and, and you, we would yeah. crack heads. And it happened enough that we had to yeah. say, you know what? This probably just isn't worth it. There's too much risk here. We never know when it's going to happen. So maybe you're not even really hitting those temps. Well, that's possible. Well, let me talk about the cracked head or ask you about that in a second. Um, so, again, I'm ultra paranoid now running down right. the road, right? right. So, uh I go to I go to drain my Davco, and um, I got a little uh, a cup that you could see through, you know, from the vending from the soft drink place or whatever inside the drug step, and you know, dumped it in there. And I looked at it, and I was like, "That is that's water, no doubt. That's what we're supposed to be taking out of that system." And now I'm seeing it's darker than um, antifreeze, but it's definitely got the pinkish hue to it and it's more than a hue, but it's, it's more of a, you know, certainly not oil. So you think you might have coolant in your fuel? Right. And back in March we had, um, injector cups replaced and uh, I I don't know what the heck's going on with this thing. Well, I was going to say that's typically injector cups. That's where you get a, where coolant and fuel can cross. Um, Boy, oh boy. Right. right. I, um, do you get anywhere near Pennsylvania? Would, would that affect its, I do, yeah, on occasion, but would that affect its ability to cool itself at all or no? Uh, it could. Okay. okay. Yeah, we, I, we I, I would go, 
It, it's but, not enough on its own to cause the kind of temperatures you're talking about, but it's a factor. And it's another okay. factor we have to okay. look at. The more you talk, the more confused I'm getting. Well, I know. You think, you think you're confused. My brain is <laughs> right. tied up in yeah, that. And I'm sure. I, that, I know this. If we... If, if, if I book a load to Portland, if I make it there, because quite often I, I do go out that way. And if I come back on I-84, I've got no confidence we're going to make it up uh, the cabbage or whatever we call that thing. No, that's, there, a, that, that's I, a tough climb. That's a long pull. That's a tough climb. Yeah. And, you know, normally before all this with this truck, I, I'm out there in the spring and then again in the late fall. Um, I can pull that hill at eh, 205, 210 if I put the fan on myself inside the, you know, the cab here right, and just right. sit there and crawl right up at 35 miles an hour with my four ways on. Everybody's happy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I have I have no confidence that that's going to happen that way. I, you I, know, I, when right now, when we get to a point like this, there's multiple factors one shops had several opportunities and didn't get it right. I, I would really go out of my way to get to Pittsburgh power at this point. I think I will give those guys a call. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. They're, you know, they, they've got so many people inside the building with such unique experience, you know, all the years Bruce has been there. Pete's been there forever. And Pete is so good at this kind of stuff. And then you, you don't even hear about the names of, of a lot of their mechanics, but I got to spend a month there and got to know those guys. There's just so much experience inside that building that when you get these weird cases, somebody in there goes, Oh, I know what this is. And they go right to it. Yeah. And it's going to be just that thing that's going yep. to make the difference. You're hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all I had. If I can make one quick comment on the healthcare talk. Sure. Um, I have a guy in, in uh, Western Michigan where I'm from that helps my wife and I out. Uh, we actually don't even buy insurance from him. He helped us get hooked up on the healthcare marketplace. And I keep saying when I, you know, I'm going to give you a shot at my auto insurance. I'm going to give <laughs> right. you a shot at my life right. insurance. And, and he, this has been going on seven, eight years now. And uh, his name's Andy. He's, he's fantastic. And uh, he, he contacts me a couple of times a year, asks me how things are going, tells me the changes that are upcoming in my plan and all this other stuff. And I can't tell you how important that is to have somebody like that in your life. I know you know this guy that called earlier certainly knows. My wife got breast cancer two and a half years ago. Her birthday's on January the 23rd uh, every year. She's still around. She's pretty much coming to the end of her treatment. She's doing well. Good. This year, um, by the time she got to January the 23rd, she had already burned up $223,000 uh, and some change. Wow. Um, we have a sixty. Yeah, we have a $6,900 deductible uh, for her. And uh, after that, it's, they you know, insurance pays 100%. And... <laughs> I can't tell you what a great choice, what a recommendation that was by my guy, uh, Andy, a, back in Western Michigan. Because Is that an FSA? Uh, it's connected with an HSA. It's, HSA, uh, one okay. Of the, I think yeah. it's this. Yep, and yeah. that's connected to the, um, I think it's the Silver Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, maybe, something like that. You know, um, that... And I can only imagine... That Go plan, ahead. that exact plan, $6,900 deductible, HSA connected, 100% after is what I've been recommending for decades. Yep. Yeah, and fantastic recommendation because 
You, if I had to pay, you, you know, know what most people say? Or 80, 20 afterwards. You know what most people but, say when I recommend it? $6,900 deductible. Are you insane? I'm not taking $7,000 out of yeah. my pocket when something goes wrong. Uh, okay. All right. I don't right. know what to tell you. But, but if but. I would have had to pay 20 per, 20% of the, of the pay exactly. the rest of the way out or to that, a that, capped number. It would have been $40,000. going on for sure. And this has been going on. This is the second year my wife has been well over a quarter million dollars. And I would have had to do it twice back to back here. The... So, you know, the, pay the percentage, you know I, I called it an FSA, HSA, it changed names a couple times when this happened. Okay. Um, when the HSA came out or FSA or whatever it was when it first came out, um, I was pushing them everywhere. I said, it's the best thing they've ever done with healthcare is create this system yep. where you pay most of your medical cost out of your pocket throughout the year. The normal stuff, yep. just like we do yep. on our car and our yep. truck. When our brakes need repaired, right. we go pay for it and we get it fixed. That's the way you should treat most right. of your health care. But if we get something really right. bad, we want a plan that really covers us, doesn't leave us with $100,000 worth of bills we have to pay out of our own pocket. Correct, correct. So my wife and I are, you know, I stay fairly healthy. I could certainly stand to lose 30 or 40 pounds. But my wife, uh, before she got the breast cancer, the year before, uh, she did some keto, um, not, you know, a couple of different plants. Works out like a fiend, just wanted to be healthier. Dropped 82 pounds before she got the, the cancer thing going on. And uh, I can only imagine for her, she looks fantastic at 52 years old. I mean, I'm, as you can tell, I'm excited. About it, okay? <laughs> um, but, I, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, you know, if she had not done that, the only drawback is, and I, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, not get, you know, in the weeds or keep it above board and make it medical is during the reconstruction period. Um, her doctor has said to her and a couple other doctors on second opinion, it's actually a little more beneficial to have some extra fat. And so she, you know, to, you've got more to work with, you know, when you're reconstructing. Right. And so she's, you know, kind of disappointed about that. But I'm like, you know, listen for, you know, looks, looks great in a size six dress. Are you kidding me? You right. know, at 52 years old, right. after having a couple of kids, or, you know, like really, we're fine here, you know? Exactly. But I guess um, you're, when you do these plans, like you said, you're, you're kind of protecting from the catastrophic. And again, both of us are 52 years old. We're fairly healthy. I, I guess I go to a doctor, but I'm come from the old school, like my dad's plan where, you know, I don't need a, I don't need a doctor. You know, come <laughs> right. on. I, I avoid it like the plague if, if, if I can. Right. And um, just to give you one more little shot in the arm of how this works, she's on a couple of medications um, from companies um, that are, they're new medications. There is one drug out there. Uh, and I think only one that you can take in a, I could call you back with a name if you're interested, but anyway, that crosses what they call the blood brain barrier. Okay? Yeah. And since her mother, uh, passed away from brain cancer, uh, two or three years ago, that's a big thing. Obviously breast cancer is not brain cancer, but she is HR2 positive. So who knows where it may pop up next. So that particular drug that I'm talking about is just under $16,000 for two weeks 
oh, medication. Oh, that's how much. Yeah, oh, it's man. 15, it's $15,900 and some. And to take it one step further, and I'll let you get to another, I'll let you get to another call. So she went in for one of her final reconstruction surgeries in May. Two days before she went in, uh, we got a call from, or an email, whatever, a letter through the mail, I don't know, from the insurance company that said our deductible hadn't been met yet. Well, what goes on with these huge drugs if they're just beyond the experimental phase, but yet they're still collecting data and they're not in every doctor's offices? The, those companies quite often have a, um, a thing that you apply to, and then they'll actually pay for right. some or all of right. that $15,900. So now here's where it gets difficult. Because they're covering that, the health insurance company is all uh, is all mixed up backwards because now they're saying we didn't exceed our deductible yet, so we need to pay for her, her surgery back in May, right? So <laughs> I'm standing there thinking, gee whiz. So, you know, I'm a guy. I'm going to be a real jerk here for a second. I guess I got to pay the $2,700 copay for the surgery uh, out of my, you know, my trucking account, <laughs> my business account. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and so paid for it. Guess what? We got a letter two days ago and said, hey, you didn't have to pay, so here's your money back. <laughs> oh. And so, like I told my wife, you know what? Let's just set that aside somewhere in exactly. the house and laugh Good about idea. it for a while. Because they could they yeah. could change their mind in another three months and You're say, right. hey, you really did owe. Good idea. So, yeah. anyway, that, that's, that's my life. I do appreciate, uh, you know, everything you do. And, um, that's a good pointer. I should probably call Bruce and the guys over I, there and I would. see if we can get in there and get yeah, it checked out. I, I would. And, right. and I know what right. it feels like when you say you're kind of gun shy going down the road. I was gun shy about my whole the trip coming back. Everything went fantastic. But, uh, after you have a couple of those breakdowns on the road, you start to get a little nervous. Let's, uh, let's go to Pennsylvania. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, I was just wondering if you ever got your tires sorted out on your uh, Oh, yeah. I, well, thank you for bringing that up because uh, I'm going to give kudos to uh, Les Schwab again. Um, like I said, great company, always had a fantastic reputation, always been happy with them. Um, I have a feeling they're dealing with the same thing all of us are. You know, they, they're having trouble keeping people and getting new technicians and experience. And, and it was just one guy. One guy went to repair my tires, totally screwed it up and then what made it worse is they told me we can't find that tire anywhere we can't find any tire that won't fit your car any um and i don't want just any tire i want the original tire the one that's designed for this car so i was a little upset the weekend happened so i knew nothing was going to happen then i blasted them on an email i had a call monday morning we found those tires you come down today we're covering the cost of the one tire that we screwed up and they didn't charge me they charged me almost nothing you know when you go you you see the price of the tire and then there's 17 other fees that get put on before they're all done they did none of that they charged me for three tires and that was it and I now I have four new tires on the car. They're the correct tire, and I'm very happy with the way they resolved it. Good, good. I was going to try to help you out if you still didn't find any on the tire rack. I'm I'm a big fan of tire racks. I'm a big fan of good local shops too. Um, 
Oh, you know, you just reminded me. I I, I forgot about Tire Rack. I used them a couple years ago because it was really hard finding tires for the smart car. It was such an odd size. Tire Rack came through. You're right. That was a really good experience with them. I I always start there. Even I, I try to buy local, but I always start my research there to see, you know, what because when you ask your local shop, you're getting one guy's opinion. But you exactly. go on there, right. they have they have thousands of reviews. They have their professional testing and review. Um, you 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 know get to see where you're at with pricing. Um, I, I I'm not that old, um, so my first set of tires I ever bought in my life, I bought on Tire Rack in oh, 2004. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, so, I, I'm old enough I, to remember buying bias ply tires, so that'll tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, good resource for everybody. I remember using Tire Rack, and you're right. It was an excellent experience back then. I forgot all about them. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. That's all I need. Good stuff. Let's, uh, this is going to be my final call. I'm going to take one more call. Mick in Illinois, I'm coming to you right now. Uh, And then when I finish this call, I will immediately set up, uh, I know I'm I'm bumping into uh, rolling toe right now, their time. They were supposed to start four minutes ago. Um, They're going to wait for me. Uh, and we will roll right into, I'll end the show. We'll start their show. And, uh, so you can start thinking about calling them. Uh, final call goes to you, Mick. What's on your mind today? Okay. I'll try to be quick. Um, oh, no, you don't have to be quick. Don't, don't about, rush. We have time. All right. All right. All right. That's, that's well, the beauty I've of got, the new I've flexibility a- of our new system. We don't have to rush. We don't have commercials to deal with. We just take our time. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, uh, I'm concerned about my dad. He's, uh, 70 years old. Um, he's, uh, a diabetic and, uh, has had a basically heart attack. It wasn't like the kind where anyway, he, he, he had to have a, a stent put in and some things like that. So anyway, okay. um, when we, when he first got, the diabetes diagnosis, I started telling him about keto and he, he kind of tried it, but I don't think he took it that seriously after he had the heart attack. This has been, I think two years now ago. Um, he started taking it much more seriously and he's done real well. I'd say he's, he's eating kind of a, uh, I encouraged him to eat, to try the seven days on carnivore. And he did that and he's doing pretty well his now he's still taking metformin and some other i'm not sure what all other medications but uh his a1c is in the five like 5.1 or 5.3 excellent um excellent he he has a continuous glucose monitor and he just tries to eat to to that yeah like um so tries you know and then so he's doing pretty well he he has had a few issues with um, waking up early, like kind of like what you talk about with you. You know, he'll he'll go to bed at like nine o'clock and he'll wake up at three thirty in the morning, and and um, you know, so he's kind of concerned about that, and then and then he will notice that his blood sugar is quite low at that time, and uh, 
Um, and then, um, so he lives in Ohio. I live in uh, Wisconsin. So I just saw him a couple weeks ago. Um, and he's lost. He, he was never heavy, but he looks almost frail. Okay. I mean, um, quite thin. Um, he's very energetic. He gets gets out and and he works real hard. He, he I think he's got some blood thinners still. He uh, like if he scratches himself, he'll bleed very easily. It bruises very easily, and right. has a hard time getting that stopped. Um, and then one other thing now is doctors and he when they first had the heart attack, they had him on statins and it made him feel horrible, and so he quit them. Um, but now they're pushing him to be on them again. Um, and his triglycerides and cholesterol are within what I've looked up that said normal ranges. I, forgive me, I can't remember what the numbers are, but I think anyway, um, they, they're saying we've had a heart attack. So that, you know, it doesn't matter. And I'm just kind of wondering if you, I, I told him I think we should maybe have him sign up for a NutriQ and maybe a discovery call. Yeah, to see we, if maybe that might be. We we certainly could, and we could help him a lot. There's no doubt. But I I really if what's his financial situation like? He's he's on the, the medic medic Medicare Medicaid or whatever you you know. So he's he's retired now, and so yeah, he doesn't have a ton of extra money but he he probably could scrape together like i know that you like the dr wolfson that, um, that's really where you know, i'm leaning that's, here that's where you're going. it is because yeah. the the cardio issues the blood thinner issues we could certainly help him with diet and energy levels and and all kinds of other things but then we're also going to want to kind of hand him off to dr wolfson and say we got to deal with the blood thinner issues and the cardio issues and and at that point Dr. Wilson has nutritionists in his office. I'd rather just see a deal directly with him. It's it's simpler, and you're going to okay. be able to take care of everything. Now, if he just balks and says, look, that's too much money, here's the other reason I would say go with Dr. Wilson. Your father's 70. That's the generation we all grew up being told the doctor was God. And to think that your father's going to go from, you know, all this activity with his doctors and then is going to throw that all away and say, no, let me take some advice from this truck driver on on a podcast. Um, (laughs) That's a stretch, I think. Maybe he'd be up for it and we'd be happy to work with him. But honestly, I would explore the possibility of Dr. Wolfson first. Okay. All right. I will. I will do that. He has. He's not afraid to go up against this doctor. Good. Good. Some of his stuff about the doctor is just we've found to be not true. You know the the you know the recommendations, um, and then what he you know all the when he had to do the nutritionist counseling. You know after his heart attack. (laughs) Yeah. And they were just. He's like everything they said was opposite of what I'm doing, and it and, and. Correct. And he's like, this makes me feel good. Correct. And that doesn't, right. you know? And so that was, so he, he's not too afraid, to, but I think this, I think that it, it set him back a little bit when the doctor said, well, you've had a heart attack before, you know? And, and so the, the normal numbers don't matter. And, but yeah, he I, just said that statin before just made him feel horrible. And so I've been 
I, well, I'm, I'm glad he quit that because that's a bad sign. When you start the statin and you have bad side effects, they're only going to get worse. And, and there are people that seem to right. be much more sensitive to them. So I'm glad he quit. I, I just think that when he, you know, knows it's Dr. Wolfson, he's a cardiologist, and he's go, Dr. Wolfson's going to agree with the way he was eating on cardio, and he'll support that. So I, sure. I, I think okay. that may be a good fit. All right. All right. Well, we'll... I'll encourage him to go that route. We'll just see what happens. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. Thank you. All right. We are going to wrap this up, and Rolling Toe is going to launch here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, all I have to do is kind of close out this show. Uh, and then jump in and help them get the other one started. So we will be right back with Rolling Toe if you want to get your questions and calls lined up and ready. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.